for those people out there, I know that, that, that some people will care. Uh, Robin Gibb of the Bee Gees is out of his coma. So I guess he's, uh, he's going to be staying alive. But of course, if he did die, we all know that would be a uh, tragedy. There it is. Change my picture. Smack my picture. I said, change my picture. Okay, well, here we are again. Excellent. Welcome to episode four. Fresh off the back of episode three. Right. Success. It's Runaway it. success. Runaway success. And yes. it's bang, bang, bang. So yeah. We're just hitting shit like something that hits shit. Like Ike hits Tina. Bam. There, there it is. is. There, there that's is. it right there. That could... <laughs> What's love got to do with it? So, uh, yeah, welcome to the, uh, the Nakatomi Ballroom. The new um, and improved. The new and improved. I'm Nate. I'm Woody. And we're a couple of pricks. I missed it again. Fuck. Bit of a special episode. Yes. Today, where... Um, sort of out of the the normal routine and we're doing this for one very very important reason today is monday in two days it's fucking avengers day yeah awesome um, well, we can't wait we're, so, we're taking ourselves off to see it so yeah so so um, what we're doing is we're we're putting this down on on monday yep and we're going to come back on wednesday fresh after li- after watching the avengers get record that yep. review pop it in yep so we want to hit the ground running with Avengers. We don't want to. If if we waited, it'd be a, sort of a week and a half. Yeah. We apologise for the. Well, I apologise for the gap between episodes two and three. It was a bit longer than we ideally want, but apparently, until we start getting paid for this properly, we still have to keep. Yeah, you know, exactly day jobs. right. Yeah, exactly right. And look, I mean, we're worth waiting for. It's, uh, at the end of the day, this is at, true. At the end of the day, we are worth waiting for. But I'm I'm super pumped to see fucking Avengers. I cannot. Mm. Cannot wait. I simply cannot wait. I, <laughs> I must. I must see this movie. I mean, first, the the unofficial review, Ralph Gum and Hollywood Hollywood Babylon. It's fucking awesome. I believe was how they were going to lead it. So yeah, um, very excited. Which interestingly, Hollywood Babylon brings us into our, our big news. You know, yeah. Jane Silent Bob get old. Yes, live so. podcast. Is it a live podcast? It's, it's a it's a it's a recording that becomes a, yeah. a podcast. Which was on uh, Friday the 20th of April at the Enmore Theatre in Sydney. Yes. Fantastic venue, fantastic seats, and just a fucking great show. Yeah, a l- lot of fun. Yeah. Long-time listeners will know we've, we're fans of, the, of Kevin Smith's podcast work. I was introduced to the idea of podcasting by Jay and Silent Bob yeah. Get Old. Introduced to me, of course, by my, uh, by my co-host and, and most excellent colleague, Woody, over here, yep. who is... a pod whore podcast whore oh, absolutely I have more I now and I have a fairly extensive music collection I now officially have more podcasts in my iTunes library than I have music <laughs> you, you, you download more podcasts time wise than there actually are hours yeah, in a day I, I actually don't believe I'll be able to listen to them all it's as simple as that but I do I do love them I, I love me a good podcast and Jay and Silent Bob Get Old was actually my first podcast as well I know because I I can remember saying to you have you have you ever tapped into this podcast shit? And mm. you said, oh, you'd heard about it and whatnot. And I said, oh, well, check this out. And with the, the very, very, a very quick premise behind um, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, mm. Jason Mewes, as we all know, had a lot of trouble with uh, alcohol. Well, alcohol was one of them. Drugs, Oxycontin, um, or Oxycontin, I think it is. Yep. Um, heroin, 
Anything. Anything, anything that you yeah. could use to get and high. Fucking Nicole Richie. Whatever you do, you know. Yeah. Um, that's that's a wake up call, kids. It is. Don't do drugs, or you might fuck Nicole Richie. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So this this podcast was he. Uh, everyone had thought Jason had kicked the habit. He relapsed, um, and it basically, as part of almost hitting rock bottom, everyone had to turn their back on him. He got he went off into rehab, and Kevin Smith, I think, realized that. In all, I think he even accepted in some way that he was sort of responsible for Jason Muse's. Like, if if Muse has something to concentrate on and, and occupy his time, then his life is actually quite productive. Yeah, it, it's the idle hours. That, it is. Uh, yeah. So, um, thus, Jason and Bob got old, yeah. as lasting as long as Jason Muse stays clean, which we were very happy to say was two years and twenty three days. I think it was yeah. twenty three days, which is a pretty impressive effort. Yeah. And it also shows you how long that fucking podcast has been going because that's yeah. a weekly podcast. Yeah. Every, so. Anyway, <clears throat> it was fantastic. That's yeah. really that's the review of that, which we can't yeah. say go out and see it. <laughs> no, no. But if you do, <coughs> there's talk of them coming back next year. Yep. Um, if you do get the chance, go and see it. It's a good show, just just for Kevin Smith. I mean, Jay is is a big part of it as well, obviously because it's, mm. it's Jay and Silent Bob. But just to touch back on the the early stages of the of the podcast. Yeah. One thing that I really mm. admired. And also admire about the podcast is Jason's absolute no no holds barred honesty. Yeah, he talks about stuff that you know you wouldn't admit to yourself, let alone to thousands and thousands of people about his habit, about how fucked up he was, about about the piece of shit that, that, he, that he had become. Yeah, absolutely. and it's amazing to hear someone talk that openly and honestly, mm. and. Not even hiding it. Just this is this is what it was. I was first. There was uh, something that Kevin put up on his website a long, long time ago. It's probably still out there to find if you if you can. Mm. Uh, called "Me and My Shadow," which is an incredibly moving mm. piece. Which is uh, it's it's a re- really it's a, an essay. I think you call uh, it, or it, just a, just a story, a rambling it's like a thesis. It's so yeah. long and so truthful and so honest and yeah. so raw. Yeah, about Jay and his first attempt at getting clean because mm. as, as Woody said he got clean for a while people thought he was clean longer but he was doing shit yeah. on the sly then got bad again and then and now he's been clean again yeah, for two and a bit years but the me and my shadow if you do get the chance to to read it it's an incredibly an incredibly moving moving read it is so. and look that yeah I mean, I, I'm just not going to say any more on that other than yes, it is. And there's a, apart from that, or not apart from, but remember the video right at the end? That, mm. that is, that is, yeah. Like, it's it's just a great story and it's and there's honesty there and there's truth. And, you know, to, to talk about, you know, it's it's a bit, it's a bit melancholy, but to, to live in your truth, to talk about your truth, that's, that's what he does. And he's an inspiration. There's actually a part, I, I debated, actually, it's not so much a debate, I won't tell the listeners what it is because I would urge them to go if they can find the Sydney podcast mm. and download it because there's Love an it. audience member. Yeah, you know what I'm talking I about. I do. If we will listen out for it, if it if it per chance that that scene that moment doesn't make the podcast, yep. then we can talk about it. I think in a little while. But yep. anyway, it's a, it was a great moment, the sort of moment you can only have in a live environment where I mean literally you almost expected him to come out and go hi I'm Jason and I'm a drug user and us all to answer and say you know hello yeah, hi, Jason. hi Jason yeah anyway it was great it was a great time it was a good trip good road trip it was, uh, yes. it was nice to, and, and but something that we did discover 
is that Nate and I can't talk about movies. <laughs> like when we can't talk about movies because we're saving it for the podcast, makes for some terribly long fucking silences <laughs> in a drive up to Sydney, or, or alternatively some really fucking filthy conversations. Yeah. <laughs> so those anal jokes will will actually make uh, make one of the episodes. Well, let's kick off with some news, shall we? Absolutely. Couple of couple of smaller smaller things. Good friend of the show and now Oscar award winning filmmaker Darren Aronofsky. Ah yes, yes. Um, making a film called Noah about Noah's Ark. Okay. Has landed Russell Crowe for the Noah role. Russ the Love Must. Russ the Love Must. Now I I'm not a big Russell fan. No. I've <laughs> been quite honest and open about yeah. that for a long, long time. Yeah, he's a tool. He is a tool. He can occasionally act. I oh, know. That's this what, is, this that's is what the makes thing. This is the him. fucking killer. Um, <laughs> <The cunt>. <laughs> <laughs> things like The Insider, A Beautiful Mind, yeah. have shown that he does have skill, but then he goes and does piles of shits like Robin Hood. <laughs> Robin Hood. So Aronofsky is a, by all accounts, is a asshole of a filmmaker, but gets amazing performances yeah. out of people. I'm... Throwing throwing it out there now, early, there's a 2014 release. If Russ can deal with working with, with Aronofsky and sticks it through, mm. best actor nomination. You've heard it here first, folks. You've heard it here first. Look, Ridley and, and, and Russell had a very torrid relationship on Gladiator and they've done, what, five movies now together? Four or five? Oh, yeah. At least. I mean, and they, so... I mean, not quite a Scorsese-De Niro relationship or a Scorsese-DiCaprio relationship, but um, certainly up there. So obviously, and I think as much of a coxbank as Russell Crowe is, he possibly thrives under that sort of environment. So anyway, I'll see it. Yep. I'll see it for Darren Aronofsky. I, he's, he's, I think he has, his body of work earns the right for you to, to give his movies yeah, you, you got, you, yeah, that's... That is enough. Him directing a movie is enough of a reason yeah, for you absolutely. to go and see it. Yeah. Requiem for a Dream is just mm. a <laughs> unbelievably yeah. pa- powerful, depressing as fuck. Yeah. I I would have loved to have seen what he did with Superman. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just sorry. The the my my hesitation is just I can't help but think of Requiem for a Dream. Mm. And I mean, for a very long time, Leaving Las Vegas was the most depressing movie of my life yes. until I saw Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. It just. Anyway, James Cameron, very good friend of my side of the show, <laughs> James Cameron. Some would say responsible for revolutionising uh, the way movies are made now. Some might say. Some might demonise him. James. So anyway, he's not going to be part of the next Terminator movie, but apparently that doesn't stop him from talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger about it, the governator, about the next entry in the franchise, because apparently in an interview with um, MTV News, Cameron was, uh, was asked if he'd talked to Schwarzenegger about the direction of the next Terminator movie. Although the two are very busy with uh, multiple projects or, um, yeah, in Arnie's case, multiple maids, they have talked and Cameron has suggested that whatever comes out in the series should focus on the T-800 and the original character from the first movie. Now, whether that means shit, I don't know. But James, when James Cameron talks, people listen. Yeah. I mean, does he still have 
right? Like, is the Terminator is his it looks thing, or is it owned by the studio? I I honestly don't know. In fact, that's we'll find out for the listeners mm. next um, next uh, next uh, episode. But he said there are some great stories that can be told about that character that haven't even been thought of yet. Anyway, it was, it was a pretty interesting sort of thing to come out with, given that Cameron has always kind of been on the periphery of the Terminator franchise since T two. Mm. He he's you know he wanted nothing to do with Terminator three, but still had a little bit of input and all that sort of stuff. So we'll see how we go. Yeah, um, I mean Terminator two. I mean I. Cameron and I were not on each other's Christmas cards list. It was a, a, over that thing, and I don't um, think it's worth going into here. No, it's, it's that's that's for another another podcast. Yeah, but Terminator Two is one of the greatest action films of all time. Yeah, it's in my top ten films of all time. Period. Because it still holds up. It's it is. 2012, and it holds up. Yeah, it it is a stunning piece of work. Yeah, Terminator films, as long as he has some input. As, as we said, we don't know where the rights are held. Did he come up with I believe, Terminator? Like I he, believe, yeah. They're, they're his characters created yeah. by him. Um, okay. Like, completely. So, yeah. mm, I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful because I didn't hate Terminator Salvation. I actually thought no. Terminator Salvation was pretty good. Yeah. I didn't hate Rise of the Machines, but I've only ever watched it. I, get, I watched it twice. First time I went, oh, fuck, that was pretty shit. And mm. then the second time I went, I better give that another go. And yeah. I went, yeah, no, it is still yeah. pretty shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought Salvation was definitely a lot better than number than three. Yeah, unless a, you're a lighting designer. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a different animal. It, it was. was a different animal of a movie. Um, yeah. And so I, I, and I think it, it went in a good direction. I mm. think it was good, really good movie. Yeah. But um, for them to tell other stories about the T eight hundred. Yeah. Yes, I agree that the T eight hundred should be a part of any any Terminator mm. movie going forward. But the crux of the universe is is. T is the Terminator trying to kill John Connor. Yeah. How many T eight hundred John Connor stories can you tell? I don't know. Yeah. If if it's not also a John Connor story, I don't see the point. How many T eight hundred stories can you tell with Arnie when he's pushing fucking sixty? Yeah. If if he's not already sixty. Oh, I think he'd be over it. I mean, for God's sake, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, they did that amazing thing in um, in Terminator Salvation. Which I just thought was amazing. Yeah, which that. he wasn't even a part of. It no. was completely. But and and it was it was kept as such a secret. I mean, I I really I I think I was one of the many people in the cinema who went oh and actually clapped when they saw it. So I I'm excited. I'm a little bit excited. So yeah, moving right along. All right. As we discussed last episode, mm-hmm. Hunger Games director Gary Ross yeah. has said no to the sequel. They read today that they have announced the director. Yes. Francis Lawrence, who's not exactly a household name. Not yet. Um, not yet. Going through his, uh, his fairly short CV, um, three things that people will know. Water for Elephants, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen because yep. it's got that guy in it. Yep. Constantine. And that chick. Oh, and that chick. Mm. Constantine, the no, Johnny Depp, I the Johnny like Depp film. Constantine, yeah. It's one of the, Constantine. Johnny, Keanu Reeves. I, I said Johnny Depp. I, I, was, I was reading. I was reading forward to something I'm talking about later with Johnny yeah. Depp in it. I fell asleep during Constantine, mostly because I started watching it at like twelve o'clock at night. Yeah. It's now. I can't watch it without getting tired. Okay. It's like Blade yeah. Runner. Blade Runner puts me to sleep, not because it's bad, but because so many times I've watched it, I've yeah, fallen asleep. I can understand that. Yeah. I've got a couple of movies like that. Yeah. Um, and probably the biggest thing he's ever done is I Am Legend. With Will Smith. Yeah, speaking of movies that put you to sleep. Yeah. What I'm impressed by, there's a one thing that he did direct that 
I think very, very few people have seen was an exceptional TV show that lasted three or four episodes in 2009 called Kings with Ian McShane. Was that him? That was him. I thought that was fucking stunning. Yeah. That was my, this is the next... You know, <laughs> this is the, this. It was a fantastic yeah. concept, a fantastically, a beautifully made pilot that went nowhere. But he, he directed he directed the pilot and a couple of a couple oh, okay. of the episodes it did make. So he's got there's an undeniable visual eye mm-hmm. that he's got. Action wise, he can do some action. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there was quite a bit of action in Iron Legend and, yeah. and in Constantine. Yeah, it's it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how he deals with the the mega fucking thing that this is going to become yeah and i'd be curious to see with um as as i understand the other series that's got that guy in it and they sparkle Mm. as i understand it there's very little deviation from the source material and if hunger games is going to go down that route then he could almost be safe because i'm listening back to what i said about gary ross um, with studio interference, there could almost be very little studio interference because the book is. It could almost turn to the book and go, "Well, it's not in the book. I'm not putting it in. I'm mm. not." So, who knows? It could be an interesting thing. Like I said, it's well, remains to be seen. Drifting into television news, if I may, Arrested Development. Uh, there has been a long talk about whether this movie, there's going to be a movie, all the cast want to do it. It's been just floating around in de- not even development hell, like idea hell, since I think 2005 was the last, was the, the final episode. Like mm. it's just been a long, long, long time for everybody to want something to happen that just didn't happen. There's now been Michael Horowitz, Horowitz, Horowitz of the show. He's now pretty much come out. And confirmed that, and for those who don't know, Netflix have picked this up. And what they're doing is they're going to do 10 episodes and then culminate in a movie. And the 10 episodes are going to, and this is also confirmed by Michael Sarah on a, who plays George Michael in the show, on a, on a podcast, WTF with Mark Marin. Do not stop listening now and go and download that, download it later. And he's basically said the idea behind and the concept behind the episodes is that each episode will sort of focus on one of the characters and bring them up to where they are now so that they don't have to do it in the movie. Because if they were to do that in the movie, they'd have to spend the first 45 minutes of a movie bringing everybody up to speed where they all are. They can hit the movie running. And Netflix have picked it up. And what Netflix are going to do, apparently, is they're going to do the entire 10-episode block and the movie and then release it. So that you don't have to wait. They're not going to film a show, film show. They're just going to film them all, do it all, and then release it all in one hit. Yeah. And yeah, they basically just said this. It's just the the way that, and not every bluth will be shown in the episodes. Each episode, it will be a, a focusing on one to culminate in this movie. Yeah. And it's just an opportunity, as Herwitz has said, to meet the characters where they've been, and then evolve from the old show, even though the concept mm-hmm. sort of is slightly different. So that's. That's good news. I will still believe it when I see it. Oh, it, it is one of those things that has just been so much, so wanted for so long yeah. that yeah, you you've got to wait till it actually happens. I won't, I won't believe that it happens until I've just finished watching it. All of it. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. at, at the end of watching the movie, yeah. I'll say, all right. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the sure development thing's going to happen. Yeah, very excited about this. Yeah, one of, if not the greatest shows in the world yeah, of, of all time. It's definitely something that needs to be watched by by everybody. Yeah. What I find really interesting about this story is the is the business side of it is the business model. 
mm-hmm. the fact that Netflix, who are not a television network, are putting money into something. Netflix, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows about Netflix. They're a an online... Effectively, they started as an online DVD store. Mm. You'd, you'd sign up, you'd pay your monthly fee, they'd send you a disc, you'd send it back. Then they went on to, to online, and then there's now a lot of online devices that you can stream movies for, stream movies on from Netflix. So mm-hmm. they're a huge distribution machine. The idea that those people are now bypassing the studio machine is really exciting. Absolutely. It's, I think this is, this could be the start of a new revolution in the same way that Sopranos made HBO and cable TV yep. a new a new revolution in the way TV stories were told. Yeah. Not this won't change how stories are told. It's it, this will change how stories are made mm-hmm. and how they're distributed. Talking back, you know, about Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. One of the things he's talked about a lot is the fact that the Hollywood machine is broken. Cinemas are great, but direct to customer mm-hmm. is is the way of the future. Arrested Development, a TV company will have to buy it from them. Yeah. This is not going to be primarily a broadcast thing this mm. will be something that is streamed yeah and i think that's a it's a really exciting thing for the industry mm-hmm. i'm probably geeking out a little bit on the, the tech side of no, it but i think it's a, a real i it's a cliched term and i hate it but a real paradigm shift yeah oh and, and uh, well let's use another cliche term it's a revolution it's a game um, changer <laughs> the rubicon has been crossed <laughs> the gauntlet has been i've got nothing yeah so yeah, look, I'm excited. I'm, we're all excited. Everybody likes this show. I've yet to really encounter anybody who at least doesn't like the first season. If you haven't watched it, if you get a hold of it. Yeah, I mean, again, we should be sponsored by JB Hi-Fi the amount of times. <laughs> the amount of times we say, you can buy this at JB Hi-Fi. Yeah, did you hear that, JB Hi-Fi? If you're listening, motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry, lovely people. Yeah. Yeah. You can pick up, there's three seasons. They're usually in a... Every time I've seen them, they're in a buy two, get one free thing. So you can pick up the entire thing for 50, 60 bucks. You will never spend a better 50 or $60 yeah. than buying this fucking show. Given that you can't get the entire series of Buffy for less than 50 or $60, it's yeah. well worth buying. Yeah. Really quick, uh, jump on, uh, press pause, jump on the internet. I oh, know not you, press okay. pause. Jump on the internet, go into Google and Google Wayland David 8 and then, you know, you'll understand that I'm talking about fucking Prometheus, the greatest fucking movie that I haven't even seen yeah. that will be the greatest movie of all time. All right. um, but originally what I wanted to get onto, I just wanted to quickly do that one again. I, I rub the easy one out, if you will. Hannibal. Hmm. Uh, uh, speaking, of course, not of the, uh, the, great crossage, the great Carthage war leader who crossed the, the Alps. Speaking of the Rubicon, he yes. didn't cross the Rubicon, no. apparently. But he did cross the Alps with elephants yes. and spanked the Romans. Not talking about him, I'm talking about, of course, Hannibal Lecter, the everyone's, everyone's favourite serial <laughs> killer. So according to EW, the creator of the, the show, Brian Fuller, is he pitched to them, pitched to uh, the network, which at this point is escaping me, but he's pitched to the network that it will be a seven-season show. They've already ordered 13 episodes, so he wants a seven-series, the seven-season um, police procedural, if you will. It's basically going to start out with Hannibal is, is helping, as we all know, he helps Graham, helps him 
solve murders and whatnot, and then all of a sudden the show's going to take a, a serious turn because when we find out Hannibal Lecter's a murderer. Now, it's the premise of this has basically been taken out of, as, he, as the uh, Brian Fuller puts it, five pages of Her- Thomas Harris' Red Dragon. Mm. And he's stretching that into the first two seasons of the drama. Right. So we expect, because it doesn't take very long in Red Dragon for them to find out that Hannibal's the... I mean, if you look at Brett Ratner's movie, it, it's like happens in the first 10 minutes, yeah. I think, that we find out. So it's it's an interesting thing, and as he said, um, he's including various characters and whatnot. He's changing a few of them around, um, like usually just swapping a few sexes around. But the hardest thing that he thinks about the whole series and it's an interesting challenge because I don't necessarily think you'll have too much of a trouble with it is convincing the audience to like Hannibal Lecter hmm. we all like Hannibal we all Lecter. Like Hannibal he's, Lecter he's great we're not going to feel sorry for him as Hannibal Rising that fucking abortion of a movie yeah we don't do, we don't talk about that or book I mean no. I couldn't even get through the book hmm. no look he's, a, he's a not a sympathetic character but we all like him we're all interested yeah. we're gonna, people are going to tune in okay. I don't know if it's going to take off all right. two things that concern me mm-hmm First off, I think this is a great idea yep. for a show. He, he's one of the most iconic characters in film of all time. Definitely one of the greatest bad guys yes. ever. NBC is the network. Now, the issue that I have is how do you tell a, a good serial killer story on broadcast TV? Mm. Just the restrictions. Not that I'm, it doesn't need to be over the top well, violence. What, what is CSI on there? C, CSI is broadcast. Yeah. But... Okay. If you're telling the story about a serial killer, mm-hmm. there's some dark shit there. Yep. And can it be can it be done? The the only thing that I can think of to, to say is Dexter. Mm-hmm. There's already one show about a crime solving serial killer. So wh- where does this where does this fit? Comparisons will be drawn. Of course. It, it can't it can't help it. Dexter has been a very successful show. It's coming into its sixth season. I think it's going for seven and then it's going away. Yep. It's going to get the comparisons to Dexter, rightly or wrongly. Well, have, have we not already had the comparisons from the get-go? Because, the, the, you know, is it not Hannibal? Like, when the, the comparisons with Dexter, like, did they mm. not mention? I mean, I don't watch Dexter. I, yeah. I couldn't get into it. But didn't they already have a go and say it's just a rehash of Hannibal Lecter? And um, not, no, not, not that really? I've seen. Okay. Not that I've seen. I hadn't, I hadn't read anything like that. But, mm-hmm. but I'm worried that it'll get written off as Dexter Light. Yep. Because it's on a broadcast yep. network. I mean, Dexter is... It's on Showtime. Showtime, yeah. So, it, you know, no issue with gallons of blood, titties everywhere. Californications on Showtime. Oh, so yeah. it's, there we go. You know, and, you know, it's... There's nothing that it really shies away from. Mm-hmm. How, do you make, how do you make a Hannibal Lecter movie if it's PG? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, uh, I look, I... I I didn't possibly didn't go down that path um, thinking about it, but yeah, now that you mention it, I'm, I'm, you, thanks for that. You've pretty much spoiled my enthusiasm for that show. That's great. Probably done it for everybody else out there. That's all right. Well, but you can pick Dexter up at JB Hi-Fi, so go and do that. <laughs> <laughs> One last bit of news that I have. Mm-hmm. Now this is this is interesting because this is news that we will be able to verify in two days' time. Okay. It has been confirmed that a new trailer for The Dark Knight Rises will be put in front of the Avengers. No, fuck, really? Yes. My cock just got hard. However, because we get the Avengers a week and a half before America does, 
I don't know whether we'll get that trailer. See, and then with one hand you give, and the other hand you take away. And you know why? Because I'm a brick. That's why. Because just last week I was saying we've heard nothing, you mm. know, in Nolan and Trust. Yes. I haven't heard this news. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm already excited. Listen, I've got um, just a couple more to go. Yep. Actually, yeah, literally two more to go. Former friend star Matthew Perry. Yes. Good friend uh, of the show, Matthew Good Perry. friend of the show. Speaking of NBC before, 13 episode sitcom Go On. Yes. Starring Matthew Perry, who is also co-executive producer. So as I understand, that means he sits around and just collects a check. The show is going to chronicle the life of a, uh, an irreverent yet charming sportscaster, uh, Matthew Perry, as he just, as he tries to cope with the loss of somebody close to him while attending mandatory group therapy sessions. So, who knows? But they've already ordered 13 episodes. Yep. It's being penned by former French showrunner Scott Silveri and Todd Holland as the director. Okay. So, so it's got some pedigree. Yeah. I mean, I love Matthew Perry. He's got some game. He, um, he out of all the, the cast of Friends, I think he's the, the one that actually... Well, A, he's the one he's done something yep. afterwards, Cougar Town sort of aside. He's the, he's the one person that I think can carry a show mm-hmm. by himself. Certainly not Joey. No. So, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I think, I think, I think it's very good. I, have a lot of, I think it has a, a lot of promise. But he did this last year with Mr. Sunshine, and that didn't work out. That didn't work out so well. I like the idea of this show. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it, could be, it could be very, very good. And I hope for Matthew Perry's sake that it does well. Yeah. Because I, I like Matthew Perry a lot. And uh, yeah, I think he'll be. I think he'll be good. Let's just hope that other people agree. Through the, through the magic of, of technology, we are here to insert our review of yeah. the Avengers. Which, through the magic of technology, our listeners probably have no idea that we've paused the podcast and have gone away and come back. Yeah. That's, I believe that's how the pros do it. That's the magic of, magic of things. Except they probably don't tell people. That is true. This is and <clears throat> if, if it was really magic, if we were using technology properly, they would have had no fucking idea. <laughs> None whatsoever. But you know, well, it's it's our purview to inform and yeah. entertain. As much as it's our show, it's the listeners' show too. No, it's not. No, no, no. not at all. Good. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> we'll start off by saying I am making no promises about this being anything but a spoiler-filled. Yeah, guys, I don't think um, I don't think you could possibly. Though the intertubes have been surprisingly quiet. They have, like but then a, this was not out in America for another no, 10 days or something. So. Suck it! Yeah. So we've seen a I'm time. almost thinking of going and seeing it 10 times. <laughs> I saw it, it every them. day it you guys didn't have it because I could. Yeah, suck it. We're talking, of course, of the, the Avengers movie. Yes. So, and unlike ordinary reviews, this is a, this is a gut reaction. This is a yeah, nothing, straight nothing off the cuff. Nothing scripted, nothing, yeah. nothing planned. This is just as it comes... Yeah, oh. raw in your ears. In your ears. Yeah, come in your come, uh, come pricks in your ears. Pricks coming in your ears. Yeah, absolutely. All right. How um, do we how do we describe this movie without saying fucking brilliant? I don't think you can. No, I don't think you can. I mean, you talk about Godfather. Yep. Talk about Citizen Kane. Rubbish compared to this movie. Look, a sensational movie. 
Joss Whedon. I have heard, in fact, jumped on really quickly to see if there were any other reviews up and whatnot. Um, apparently people, comic book nerds, were embracing one another after the midnight showing <laughs> that basically Joss Whedon had done it. And I think it's, I think it's pretty safe to say that he has done it. He has. Um, you know. yeah. I mean, go, going in, mm-hmm. Joss Whedon, while has a lot of love among the geek community, a lot yep. of fan love, doesn't really have what I would have thought of as being the logical choice no. to, to direct a tentpole comic book movie. Well, I mean, right. this, this is what Marvel has been working towards for the last six or seven years. Yeah. And, and to give it to someone with undeniable geek cred, yeah. but his blockbusters aren't really, aren't really him. And he wrote Alien Resurrection. He did. So, and when we knew he was going to screenplay this bad boy. Yeah. But it yeah. has to be said, yep. amazing job. Yeah, unbelievable job. Uh, one of the, the quick reports, I wish I'd come up with it. In, in Joss Whedon, Marvel has found, have found their Christopher Nolan. Anyway, the guy's got some talent. It's deftly done. Mm. No one, I don't believe no one character stands out on the screen as, as given any more or any less treatment. Yeah. I think they've all got something spectacular going for them. And, and that was the risk, I think. Yeah. I, I think there were two big risks in mm-hmm. this film. One was with so many big characters coming together, mm. how do you give them all sort of an equal share without it feeling like it's been shortchanged yep. or you're just giving you know lip service to a particular character? Yep. And sort of the, the I call it the counterpoint to that, mm. How do you stop this from being Iron Man and Friends? Yeah, because that to me that was the real risk that it yep. would be the the Tony Stark, the RDJ show. Yep, he had a big part in it, but not really any more than than anyone else. Absolutely. Look, I, Rob Downey Jr., um, very good friend of the show. Spoke with him briefly before the premiere. Didn't have much to say uh, apart from what the fuck are you doing in my bedroom. But you know, aside from that, he. He look he steals every scene he's in, but at the same time, it's not a a gratuitous. He just steals it because of the quality of his work, yeah. the quality of his performance. Yeah. Ruffalo steps up to the plate. Ruffalo was fantastic. Yeah, Ruffalo and the, his his interpretation of Hulk, um, oh, the, him and the CG department's yes. <laughs> uh, interpretation of Hulk uh, was spectacular. Chris Evans was suitably Captain American ish. I think. Yes. I think he. Um, yeah, I think he did a great job. Uh, and, of course, Chris Hemsworth, the only complaint really came from my right, in the, which was where my wife was sitting, is why hasn't Chris taken his shirt off yet? You know, and I did point out you get to see his arms the entire way through. And she said, yeah, yeah but still. Yeah, arms on chairs. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and Tim Hiddleston as Loki. Yeah, he he seemed a lot more... Lokerish. Uh, <laughs> I know he's the bad guy. Yeah. But he was a lot more charming. He you oh, yeah. liked him a lot more. Oh, absolutely. Well, he, he's the uh, silver-tongued trickster. He's, he is. He's, he is. And I, I think he bought that in this yeah. one where he really didn't in Thor. Mm. I thought he was just, like, the bad guy in Thor. Yeah. But here he was, yeah, he was he was loquacious. Mm. He, you know, and he, he was a charming motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hell-bent on destroying the world and completely chaotic and evil, but sure. But, you know. You know. Yeah. You could have a beer with him. <laughs> Everyone's got their faults. Yeah, and of course the 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 finally the his alien like counterparts were un, unleashed. Yes. Much to I I went okay here they are here they are here they, who 
Yeah, that's so. I I'm obviously not a comic book geek enough to know who, 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 those, who those guys were. Um, if they were anybody, or were yeah, they, or they were fabricated? So uh, any any fans, any sort of big Marvel Avengers geeks that are listening, yep. let us know. Pricks at a couple of pricks dot com. Yeah, absolutely. Um, by all means, let us know. Well, I'll jump right to the end. Yes, and to ask ask a question again because this is a comic book thing which maybe I've missed out on. Mm. Was that a scroll? At the end, the red dude. I thought I thought it was Red Skull, and now I'm utterly convinced it's not. Okay. So again, I don't know who that is, but that's supposed to be uh, really isn't it supposed to be tipping its hat to Iron Man 3's villain. Probably. So, who knows? Like I just I yeah, unfortunately, which is a bit a bit of a shame that was lost on me. Mm. I thought it was Red Skull initially, yeah. um, but I don't think Red Skull's an Iron Man villain, so no. he's definitely a Captain America villain, so. I um, that was probably the only two things that really let me down, yeah. and that's I think I let the film down rather than the film let me yeah. down. Outrageously funny movie, Out- unbelievably funny, funny, funny movie, oh. and and most of that comedy through Thor. It's not not through Thor, pardon me, through Hulk. Hulk, yes, Hulk provided <laughs> the spectacular. I mean, well, Hulk and Thor. That was that moment was just the yeah, <laughs> the was piss your pants funny. I would have liked. To have heard them say Avengers Assemble. I did like the way actually I was I was talking about this on the way home in the car. In Captain Captain America, there's only one part of it that I felt they they decided to not pay lip service to the to the people that who were not comic book fans mm. and watching it. Um, was the moment with Captain America directing those two cops. Captain America in the, the Marvel mythology has a, an an authority about him that is almost supernatural like people just do what captain america says that's that's who he is so if in the comics he had jumped down on top of that car and said you set this up you set that up people just run and do it for those cops to turn around and give him the whole why should we take orders from you he beat the shit out of those guys and and off they went suggests to me that obviously they were doing that for the people who weren't fans because later on in the movie even Tony Stark says to him, you know, call the ball mm. cap. Like, it's your plan, what do we do? And off he goes yeah. and does, does what Captain America does. He tells yeah. everybody what to do. He's the master but, but strategist. Was that, a, was, that just, was that just a touch of realism? Uh, maybe. But an un, I, I, don't, I think, I don't know, for whatever reason, a reason that will possibly stay with me and be unknown, it jarred. Because okay. as soon as he stood down and went, I mean, there's, I, I'm drawn to a, um, I, I wish I knew the, the storyline, but it was a, a Wolverine mentions that Captain America tells Wolverine to do something and Wolverine says basically I found myself obeying his orders without mm. questioning why no wonder this man leads and inspires and all that sort of business and Wolverine's the most rebellious fucker of them all yeah. like you can barely tell him you know where, where to get something mm. from the fridge so for him to come out with that and just the way Cap is it's such a small thing but it's it's just oh. something that jarred it took me out just for a second I went no man fuckers don't mm. you know don't not do what Captain America tells them to do and unfortunately, and I know this is probably just one of those things, Chris Evans, just a touch too babyface. I kind of wanted yeah. him a bit, bit manlier. I know he's been frozen for 70 years. I know all that sort yeah. of stuff. But there's, and maybe that's just that authoritativeness I want from him. I don't want to be told what to do by someone younger mm. than me. So be it. That's life. Yeah. But I just thought, yeah, because then you get Robert Downey Jr., who's clearly a matured man, which Stark is. Yes. It just kind of fell a bit, oh, maybe add another couple of years to, to Chris Evans. Mm. Who knows? Avengers 2, which will naturally it will happen. happen. I'm sure there'll be a cap. I mean, Iron Man 3 is happening. Yep. Thor 2 yep. is happening. I don't know if Ruffalo will get his own Hulk movie. It'd be interesting like to see to if so. he does, yeah. 
I don't think Hulk has strong enough a character to run his own movie, though. I really don't. We've, I think we've pretty much seen everything Hulk has to offer. Yep. The only thing now is Hulk villains. You yes. know, and do we bring back Abomination? Do we bring back all these other these, these characters? I mean, Hulk just smashes the shit out of things. Hulk yeah. smash. It's that, like, and that was nice when he oh, was given the order. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That oh, was without without being too fan servicey cheesy. Oh, I just you know you go you, here, you go you, here. Hulk, Hulk smash. Yeah, <laughs> and off he went. Lou Ferrigno providing the voice there on that one. Oh, I just it was great stuff. The whole I mean the the first two acts, I mean movie and three acts are really obviously uh, the first two acts uh, the first act sets it all up. The second act pulls out the rivalry and the conflict between the group because the Avengers aren't all buddy buddy. No. And then we've got the third act, the final act with the war and and the combat which I've got to be honest I could have watched another 2 hours of that. Oh, that it was so well done. It's it was clearly made by somebody who gets comics. The, the the working together, the poses, the dynamic poses they were doing. Uh, Hawkeye bears a special mention with, with his amazing fucking arrows and oh, all that the, sort of shit yeah, like they, that. And just, you know, he, and, and the way it, Joss Whedon understood how the Avengers would work would work together. Yes. They, they play to each other's strengths. They whacked him on top of a building. He was giving Overwatch. Mm. They had Captain America down in the thick of things. They had Tony Stark doing this. They had Hulk just smashing the yeah. fuck out of stuff. Thor, uh, basically, it was almost like just unleash the big guns to go out and do the big shit. Which, do, do, do the things that they do. Yeah. Which And the Hulk, Thor working together, mm. albeit briefly. Yeah. <laughs> no, spectacularly. Just an awesome, awesome, awesome movie. Okay. Agent Coulson. Yeah, well, you, you kind of knew that something like that would. It's happen. Whedon. It's what it, Whedon does. Yeah, Whedon, he, he kills. Yeah, Agent Coulson. It's a shame too, because, but he, he had to be the only one. Yeah, could go. So, someone I mean, had to die. I mean, it was never going to be Fury. No, and it was never going to be one of the Avengers. No, it couldn't be Maria Hill either. I mean, they went out of the way to mm. bring her into it. They they couldn't. I mean, Coulson was really just a yeah. free a fabrication. That's was, it. I would have liked it to have been Pepper Potts, but <laughs> that's just because it was Gwyneth. Yeah. But then that's that's something that would affect Stark. Mm. No one else would give a shit. What's what's interesting about the Agent Coulson story is I believe he was first introduced in Iron Man. Yes. So Iron Man, Iron Man Two, Thor, and now Avengers. He was in. He was in the end of Cap. He was in the end of Cap. Was he? Was he? Yeah. I, when they when they found him, I believe he was in the end. Of okay. Cap. So he's basically been. I mean, he was a pretty big part of Iron Man. Yes, like and in, in, as a bit part, a bit mm. actor, very big part, much bigger part in Avengers. Yes, was it necessary? Well, as as uh, as Fury said, it was like almost the catalyst. Yeah. to bring them together well, to, ma- to make it personal. His last for words, uh, Colson's last words were, "It had to be. It could yeah. be no other way. Yeah. This has to happen in order for." And then, you know, yeah. I, I mean, the, the line belongs to Cap, and I think he had a couple of moments to say it. The hero shot of the four dudes they make or the five of them or so that they make a big deal of the circle where they're circling yes. around them all that was everything that the, the trailer made it out to be it yeah. was, you knew it was coming you didn't care it was fantastic mm. and of course the ending bit with Loki and then this spins around and just see the, like the Marvel portrait where they're um, you know with Loki's crawling across the floor yes and then oh, where they're all looks yes. and they're all assembled yeah no great Great, great stuff. Mm. Really good. Can't wait for the sequel. It yeah. will happen. Um, yeah. Does Joss get to do it again? Who knows? I think if he wants to. Yeah. I, it, this this movie is going to break records. Yeah. It's, you know, 
Well, the fucking line for tickets when we left. Yeah. It's been a long, long time since I've seen a line like that at Dendi. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was, it was, you know, out to the car park. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, yeah, I cannot, I'm actually tempted to go back and watch this one in 3D. Yeah. Just to see, see whether it's, well, I, you know. I was planning on giving it a couple of weeks and then watching it again. No. Yep. Just to see if it is actually as awesome as I think it is now. <laughs> but yeah, and, and, you know, maybe 3D. Just yeah, depends yeah. on depends on what's out there. Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is the the first time he's been more than a sort of a minor player. Yep. Um, he was relatively relatively largely featured in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nick! I don't think a Nick Fury movie would would fly. I don't think there's no. enough. A Shield movie might. A Shield, yeah. but yeah. a Nick Fury solely a Nick Fury movie wouldn't yeah. wouldn't fly. Yeah. I don't think now. He's contracted with Marvel to do nine films. Yes. How many of these has he done? Is this five? Well, he's done... There's This would be two Iron Mans. Yep. Thor. Thor. Was, I don't know whether he was in... I think he was in... Was he in Cap at the end? I believe he was in Cap at the end, yeah. Yep. So, so that's five. Yep. Including Avengers. Iron Man 2, Thor 2. That'll be seven. So there's yeah. two other movies that he's contracted Avengers with. Avengers 2. Avengers 2. Yeah, so. Now, I don't think Black Widow... Can carry a movie. I don't think her character is strong no. enough. But maybe the two of them together, yeah. Widow and Hawkeye. Well, I think that's pretty much tip, that's pretty much tipped to happen. Um, yeah. they'll get their own spin-off movie. Yeah. Is it going w- to be would strong? there be a backstory? But will it be a the origin like the backstory? Maybe. I mean, they do. They, they hint at a lot at their they've got some sort of history together mm. and stuff. Are they good enough to carry a movie though? I mean, Jeremy Renner probably he's got the, the well. He, the chops. He's well. He's now going to be bo- um, not. Well, he's not going to be born. But he's the star of the new Bourne movie. movie. Mm. I don't, but I don't know if the characters alone are worth. I think they're best served coming back to Avengers. Yep, that's my. I think a, I think to go over the top and get another spin-off movie going with with those two, I think would be a, I think would be a mistake. Yep. So I guess it really comes down to rating. What are we? What are we going to yep. give this puppy? It's hard. Uh, it's it, hard. It, it is because you don't want to completely blow your wad. Yep. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Yep. It there wasn't a part of this movie I didn't fucking love. Mm-hmm. It was non-stop awesome from beginning to end. Yep. Don't think there was any real wasted space. I don't think there was any performances that were less than really really good. I loved everything about this movie. It is now my favorite movie of the year. Finally, I've seen something that knocks off Muppets. Um. Fuck you, you loved Muppets too. I did. So yeah, I'm, I'm four and a half. Yeah. Look, I'm going to give it a solid four only because it slightly lost me at the beginning, probably the changeover from the end of the second to the third act. I just thought it started just to drag a little bit. And at one hour and 45 minutes or something like that, it's not a short film. No. I think so. It does, It you know, pacing, it was good. I mean, what, what, I, what I would like to say probably is that upon a second viewing... Because let's face it, most of the movies that we do review, I mean, Battleship was probably the exception where I, I've, I would have seen them more than once before I review them in mm. some form or another. So even if it's just going back and picking up snippets off YouTube or, or off various other sites, upon a subsequent viewing, I may, I, I may sort of raise or lower that rating. But I think a solid four. Not quite my fa- most favourite movie of the year. That still has to be Warrior because yes. I saw it this year. You saw it this year, yes. But I tell you what, it's pretty fucking good. And, and well worth seeing and a must see on the big screen oh absolutely but yeah I think it was a fantastic movie right. and well worth well well worth it's it's 
place in the pantheon of the, the Marvel movies. Yeah. One thing, a question we did raise that we can now answer, there was no new Dark Knight Rises trailer. Yeah, now, fucking what a pisser. Yeah. Um, so it's obviously it's, going to be attached to the American release. Yes. So so it'll it'll be out online in a little while, but yeah. So that's, uh, that's our Avengers that's review. That's the Avengers, yeah. Four and a half for me. Four from me. And we now take you back to your regular scheduled program. Indeed. Wanting. Needing. Waiting. For you to justify my love. Justify. All right. Because people are wanting, waiting, needing for us to justify our love. Yes, they are. Um, so I'm up first this year, this week, I yes. believe. I think you led it off last week with your uh, your Nicolas Cage justify. <laughs> the year is 1995. Speaking of uh, Johnny Depp, he isn't in this movie, but Keanu Reeves is. <laughs> Dina Meyer, Dolph Lundgren... Henry Rollins, uh, I'm called, speaking of course, Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> directed by Robert Longo, um, the one and only movie he's ever directed. <laughs> he was a, um, he's a sculptor, he's done some video, uh, what do they call them? The things that where people put songs and then they show them on TV at the same time. Porn? No, yeah, no, I know, I know that's where you were going. F- music videos, he's done a few of those. Okay. Yep, yep. Saturday mornings, um, when you are comatose, uh, not comatose, have a look. So the year is 2021, not too far away. Johnny Keanu Reeves is a mnemonic courier. I'm, I'm telling you the premise because I don't want you to hate me. With a data storage device implanted in his brain, allowing him to carry information that's too sensitive to transfer across the net. While lucrative, it's fucking him up, destroys some of his childhood memories, and he needs to have... He needs the implant removed to regain his memories. Ralphie, Udo Kier, who I just fucking love Udo Kier. He's like a Z-grade actor. He's <laughs> fucking awesome. Anyway, uh, assigns him one more job. So they send him off to, uh, to Beijing. The data that he has in his, in his brain exceeds his storage capacity. So it's going to fucking kill him if he doesn't get rid of it. So we've set the, the, the tension up going so, so on and so forth. They get attacked by the Yakuza. Johnny Mnemonic's got to go to Newark, New Jersey to the designated receiver. And then the movie takes an interesting twist. An interest, I use the, I, I fly fast and loose with the term interesting. <laughs> we're introduced to this, well, pretty early on, we're introduced to this thing called NAS, which is a nerve attenuation syndrome, a plague ravaging mankind due to the over-reliance of technology, which is interesting because the, it's the concept of that, you know, so many wireless... Yeah, and I believe that's the movie's intent because it was built up, taken off John Mnemonic's short story by William Gibson, who mm. is the father of Cyberpunk. Yeah. Now, the story itself is. The story has cool. pedigree, yeah. Um, the movie does not. Um, <laughs> this movie, well, it's got Ice T of Cop Killer fame. It's uh, got Henry Rollins in it. Fucking what? Paying the rent? I don't know. I mean, Henry Rollins had something about him a little while ago, he doesn't anymore. Uh, he does, I guess he's got it back with his spoken word tours and all that sort of business, but yeah, as you do, you've got to pay the rent, so be it. 
Um, we've got Dina Meyer, who fans of the show will know from the spectacular movie, which we need never justify because it's awesome, which is Starship Troopers, who utters the inimitable, in, inimitable line, or the immortal line even, it's okay, Johnny, in reference to her dying, because at least I got to have you. In this movie, she plays a, an over-vamped street samurai corporate bodyguard, so on and so forth. It's... You know, I desperately want people to like this movie because it's so bad. Probably the biggest surprise in this movie was almost an unrecognisable Dolph Lundgren as the street preacher. Mm -hmm. Um, It had some great effects. It has some fantastic... Okay, it's got a fucking dolphin that was created by the military (laughs) that's hacked into the internet called Jones. I don't know why I love this movie as much as I do. Probably because it came across... I was was and am still a huge fan of the cyberpunk genre and I've actually moved off into... Not moved off, but that has led me to steampunk as well. I enjoy that sort of slightly off concept. And yeah, I just just kind of really like this movie. Uh, It was made with a budget... I mean, it's a a catastrophic flop. It was made with a $26 million budget. It made $18 million and pretty much is, is yet, well, at the time, Keanu Reeves ceased to become a bankable star, possibly until The Matrix. And then, he, of course, now he's gone back to being a, not a bankable star. <laughs> Those Street Kings, I thought was actually a surprisingly good yeah. movie. I enjoyed that movie. I'll, I will leave you simply with this. It's not the worst movie you'll ever see. Escape from LA is that movie, <laughs> but look, I just I really like it. it's dumb actioner. It's good, it's, yeah. but it is let down a little bit with Keanu Reeves' dialogue, in particular. And I won't do a Keanu Reeves accent. I want my shorts laundered, laundered like they do at the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo. And I'm pretty sure I read that line better than he did in the movie. Well, you, 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 didn't, you didn't end it with dude. I can, or a, whoa. I give you John and Monic, and I brace for impact. The William Gibson cyberpunk world mm-hmm. is very well explored in video games, in role-playing games. It is begging for a really good movie to be made. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were hoping that it was John and Mnemonic. <laughs> I still think it could have been. It, it could have been if it had a different scriptwriter, director, and staff. <laughs> uh, I can't argue. <laughs> Look, I, I remember seeing it. That's <laughs> that's sort of how forgettable it is. Yeah. I remember Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, Dolph was was cool. Yeah, I remember seeing it, thinking it was kind of balls. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's so bad. But you know what? That's what this segment's about, Absolutely. people. This is a judgment-free zone. <laughs> well, and well, for external judgment-free zone, <laughs> except for when you know I talk about the pirate movie. Oh. But that's that's where it is. Yeah. You know, I. It's got one of those. Uh, the one thing I do like about it is, how it, is it is regardless of how bad the movie is, and it is bad. I just love it. it hmm. Hence the hence the segment is. I think when you talk about that concept of of. Um, uh, cyberpunk movies or the cyberpunk gaming genre. Hmm. I'm speaking because of cyberpunk yes. and Shadowrun. Oh, it's Slay Industries. That goes, there's that great scene with the internet where he goes into the internet and it becomes this virtual reality sort of concept. And I think that was a good representation of what the net 
in inverted what commas jackers. would look like. Yeah, what it would all be about. But no, it's... Even as I'm trying to justify it, I'm, I just get this sick feeling <laughs> in my guts that just says, shut up. That's all right. You probably should never have told anybody that you'd really like this movie. That's all right. I'm about to make you feel a whole lot better. <laughs> as it turns out, it's not a million miles away in, in concept to Johnny Mnemonic. 1992 film, Anthony Hopkins, Emilio Estevez, <laughs> Rene Russo, and Mick Jagger. Oh. Now this, the movie is Free Jack. Yes. Now, again, there's justification. Doesn't really need to be really need to be made. Yes, it does. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry, did you not notice the title of this segment? I named the fucking segment. I know. <laughs> All right. So the year is 2009. Which is bizarre because Blade Runner, I think, is 2099. Oh, sorry, excuse me, 2029. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, anyway. All right. And the super wealthy can achieve immortality by hiring bone jackers, who are mercenaries that effectively go and kidnap people mm-hmm. to then put life force into these into these other bodies. Alex Furlong, Emilio Estevez, is a professional race car driver who is just about to die in 1991 when he's he's snatched from the future to be a vessel for Anthony Hopkins's body. This is a this is an awful movie. <laughs> um I can't you know I can't really even even talk about it that much just because it's just so so awful it uses virtual reality really really badly if the one thing i can say about johnny mnemonic yeah is that it's a much better representation of you know cyberjacking the 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 human computer interface yeah if dear listeners my justify seems a little unprepared this week um that's because it is I had intended to use a different movie, but I got that movie half confused with another movie. So, yeah, I fucked up. Deal with it, it's my podcast. <laughs> so be it. So be it. Um, well, listen, I'm going to help you out, actually. <laughs> I'm going to help you out of this. As I sat down the other day after I came up with um, my first Justify was Tango and Cash, and it mm. was so weird. As soon as you came up with the idea of this segment, I went. I know exactly what fucking what movie I want to justify, <laughs> and then you blew me out of the water by saying we're going to do it again the next week, <laughs> and I went, "Oh fuck, that's right." Yeah. Um, so I wrote down a list of of ten movies, in order, and Free Jack is number seven on the <laughs> list. <laughs> I uh, I saw yeah I like Free Jack. <laughs> it's fucking it's terrible. It made worse by the fact that Emilio Estevez just simply cannot act. No. Even Mick Jagger acts rings around Emilio mm. Estevez. He's just fucking. It's awful. crazy when you have to think that Charlie Sheen is the talented brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! No, I really yeah. I've watched Free Jack quite a few times, and I liked Mick Jagger's character Vicindek. Yeah, it's just terrible, terrible, terrible movie. Yeah. Um, supposed to quasi shit on the other person's <laughs> choice, but there it is. It's num- well was number seven on my list. Yep. Yeah, I like Free Jack. <laughs> I really do. The fucking Mick Jagger is awful. Yeah, McCandless, because that was the name of the character. That was the name of Anthony Hopkins' character. Yes, McCandless, and I can just hear 
um, Mick Jagger constantly saying McCandless all the way through. <laughs> Mr. McCandless. Oh. Oh. So that's been us for another week. Yes. Um, we hope you in. Uh, we hope you enjoy. And I hope it actually worked dropping the uh, dropping the Avengers review in. Yeah, that would be good. So, Those... well, so I'm, I'm assuming that Matthew doesn't get arrested at the cinema, and we do make it back to the Nakatomi Ballroom to Got a lot to live up to. <laughs> Nakatomi Ballroom to record this yep. for another week. I'm Nate. I'm Woody, and, and we're, we're a couple, couple of pricks. There we go. See, we got one first go. Well, that's two now. That's have, two. have we officially jumped the shark? Yes. Yeah.